Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts, Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the most disorganized episode of Three Devs and a Maybe ever. Uh, with me today is Ed Mann. Hello. And Lewis Keynes. Hello, sir. How are you? I am tired, stressed, and just about ready in to love, In love with the world. We're back! Yeah. We're back! <laughs> we are back. And, but I should start by apologising to people, because I guess we've missed two episodes. I think um, so, yeah. Just basically, just life got in the way. Life. We, 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 are, we are not machines, people. Yeah. And we, we may even have to review how regularly we, we do the pod. It could become a bi-monthly or a monthly thing, right? But we, we need to have that conversation in there. Yeah. And if anyone's got really strong thoughts about that, then, uh, yeah, just contact us on the usual email address and, or Twitter. And uh, we'll try and do what the majority say. But um, <laughs> What were they going to say? No, you have to do it daily. Or no, <laughs> never do it again. It's like, okay. I didn't think that through. <laughs> oh, how's Toby? What is, Den- what is Dennis? Oh, sorry, Toby. Dennis. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Dennis is the cat. Toby's the baby, isn't it? Sorry. Well, got that this is it. I mean, this podcast has all the potential to be the worst podcast ever because basically I am home alone with Toby. So I am just hoping and praying that he doesn't start screaming and crying throughout the podcast. Well, I'd Lewis, like to think you Lewis, had a negotiation. Where are you, Lewis? I'm on my sofa with um, a in a nice, perfectly quiet house, nice and peaceful. Have and, you had uh, a couple of drinks already? That is the question. Only, a, <laughs> only a couple, and I've had a very, very bad game of golf this morning. So uh, right. uh, I'm, hence, I'm not in the, the best frame the of mind drinks, either. Then. Hence the drinks, and I am yeah. literally in my old room, which has now been turned into a study or, or an office space for my dad's company. Um, literally sitting here with Wi-Fi with my shiny new MacBook Pro, yo. So I'm oh. happy with that. Oh yeah, man Which one did you go for? I went yeah. for the I went for the bog standard 15 inch. It's a quad core i7, 2.2 gigahertz. It's 16 gig of RAM, 250 uh, gigabyte SSD hard drive, Retina display. Seriously, it costs a lot, but it's I so just, amazing. Yeah, that sounds that really sounds like bog standard. It's <laughs> amazing. I've, I've gone like, for the bog standard 15 inch. <laughs> there's there's a man who thinks a lot about himself. Uh, I've right. just ordered the exact same model for my dad. Really? Um, God, you, you must love your dad. Oh, no, no, I'm not paying for it. That's, uh, oh, you must hate your dad. You must hate your dad. <laughs> but um, he came through to me because of my uni discount and stuff. So um, oh, why mate. didn't you come to me? Please uh, tell me you got discount. Uh, I may be able to get this through uh, business stuff. Oh, so it could nice. work out quite well. So that, But I should have actually thought about you. That was you should get me discounts for stuff. What do I need? Um, well, basically, yeah, if you... Um, if you come to me, I can get my university discount for Apple products. That's pretty cool. So, like, my dad's MacBook Pro is like eight fifty. What? Um, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much discount oh, do you get? I think it's about thirteen percent. Thirteen? Did don't... you get? A, did you get a fifteen or a thirteen inch? Uh, a fifteen. Wow! I must have got. Ah, oh, well, I feel a bit numpty then. Is it, is it too early in the podcast for a little rant at Apple? <laughs> No, oh, go ramp, go for it, man. How, how bad is this? You know, it was uh, my uh, <coughs> 23rd birthday. Yep, yep, your 23rd. A couple of months. Yep. Certainly not, not the 31st. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> Mike, you very generously gave me a, a gift card, one of those um, Visa, whatever it is, that it you is. can kind of use online. 
Yeah. And I, I finally got around to actually spending it recently, and I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll just get some iTunes vouchers so I can get some music for my iPod. Yeah. Um, and I went onto the Apple iStore, and I accidentally just bought an Apple uh, like general gift card instead of the iTunes one, and I was like, oops, never mind, I'm sure I can just transfer that over to using the iTunes store. Yeah. No. Really? No, you can't. No. So I'm now stuck with, um, let's be, a uh, £250 gift voucher. That, uh, cheers, Mike, very generous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've stuck with this, with this gift voucher now for the Apple store that um, there isn't really anything on there that I need. You know, I've got my laptop, I've got my iPod, I've got headphones and everything, That's but great. I really wanted the iTunes uh, credit, but... I can't transfer it over. Surely, like, they, they must be... I mean, what did they say? Did they... Have you rung them up or anything? Yeah, it's against their policy. They don't do it. What? That doesn't sound like Apple. Well, this is this is what mm. happened. Nah, I, I, yeah. Well, Apple, Here at Apple, Apple, we're a mainstream podcast these days. If you hear this, <laughs> I'm uh, yeah. LK's web dev on Twitter. Let's just uh, put this right and I'll big you up. Uh, Ed, I owe you an apology. It was a 13-inch MacBook Pro. Oh, you see, you lied to me. Retina. Yeah, retina. I did. Sorry. The retina, the retina display is just no. amazing. I, it's not you the know first what? time you've lied about inches. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't fussed about the retina, but my dad really wanted you it. You so really, yeah. just honestly, man, like I just look at it now, you know, it's it's just perfect. Like, Beautiful, I, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 it is, again, it's so sad because like I remember you two, talk, you and Fraser talking about your MacBook, uh, MacBook Airs. Yeah, and yeah. And then I'm just now completely being a little bit of a fanboy. Sorry, listeners, but it's awesome. <laughs> Can, can we just mention Fraser's WhatsApp message for why he's not here? Today? Yes, because this is interesting, isn't it? He, I didn't um, see it. Go on. His, oh, his friend's mobile phone got stolen last night, right? And um, they've since found out who stole it, and they're currently staking out their house. Are you kidding me? No, no I'm serious. Typical Fraser, you know. Either, <laughs> so, uh, he goes off to sounds Paris. very ghetto, but I'm sure it's not. He goes to Paris, like you know. He goes off to Paris. He bikes to Paris. He goes <laughs> off to like what, Latvia. No, it wasn't Latvia, was it? Or yeah, somewhere. I think it was. Yeah, and then he, and then this weekend he's staking out a joint because in fact, probably found the guy's iPhone. You know, where's my iPhone thing? And he's going to go and deal with something. But it's, awesome. it, it sounds very hardcore, but I'm sure the guys are going to turn up and they'll probably just get out of the car. Excuse me, can I have my phone back, please? <laughs> I was going to say, have they got a plan of what they're actually going to do? And they oh, who knows? It? This is why I said to him, keep right. us informed. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Either, either throughout the podcast we can uh, keep you up to date or we'll have you, to uh, let you know next pod. Yeah. I want to make a prediction? <sighs> probably Fraser in prison. Yeah, I, you know, I think, you know, at, least, at least five years. Yeah. I think, I think if, if, if this was a live like screencast podcast... The picture that Fraser put on WhatsApp in the week would be a per- it'd be a perfect time to put that on screen now. <laughs> that we're uh, yeah yeah that's no. a, that's a conversation not for not for uh, yeah <laughs> we went off the tangent that day didn't we we did oh, yeah oh that's yeah. very cool nice. so so um, Mickey how's uh, uni treating you so um, it's really really good um, obviously I bang on about this all the time but yeah just uh, juggling everything is a nightmare and um, but. One thing I would say is, um, I think I told you guys that I'm doing this one module, it's no programming, it's all maths and stuff. Yeah. And um, I was really struggling with this like, one central like equation. And I basically, I was in this like terminal session doing this stuff, and I really struggled and I thought, you know what, I'll take it home and I'll try and learn it. And then I spent a whole not being able to do it and just stressing. I mean, to you guys who know me, like this will not surprise you, but basically... I just kind of thought, you know what, I need to swallow my pride. And I, I went into the next, a week later, I went to the terminal session. I was like, I'm really stuck. I don't know what I'm doing. And this really nice German PhD student lady helped me through it and helped me understand it. And 
I just felt like a weight lifted off my shoulder, awesome. to be honest. That's very cool. There well, are nice people out there. Yeah. You know what? Like The thing is, because a lot of the people around me, they're all like 22, 23, and I felt intimidated about asking for help, and I was too proud. And You do you have know pride. What? You have a lot of pride. Well, I kind of come to the conclusion now, look, it's better to look an idiot and then be yeah. less of an intellectual what? idiot when you come out the room. Do you know what I mean? Like, You're there to learn. Like, at the end of the day, yeah. how do we, does anyone know everything when they start? No. You know, you have to learn it somehow, and people teach you, and, you know. And yeah. you know what the other thing is, though? Like, I was thinking, oh, I was feeling so stupid, I don't know this. And no one else is saying anything. And then you ask for help, and she's like, yeah, I know exactly which equation you're talking about. <laughs> everyone's it, struggling everyone's with it. Everyone's struggling with it. Yep. And always the, the rest of the class always goes, oh, thank God that person asked. Yeah, exactly. They will. You, exactly you're the, that. You're the, you know, yeah. the, the pigeon head. I don't know why I said pigeon so, head. So <laughs> would, you, would you like to uh, present the problem to me and Ed, and we'll see if we... Uh, yeah. Not a chance are we going to... Come on, Ed, let's give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? Are you too good with maths, or...? Reasonable. No. Okay, well... On countdown, occasionally I get the numbers. <laughs> Is that I, enough of a prerequisite for you? I honestly think, you know, for like people who know maths, they'll just look at it and laugh and think it's so easy. But uh, I'll put it in the show notes if you want, and then you okay. can have a look at it. But, um, okay. yeah, it's... Do you know what? I, a lot of the things is, like, I actually pretty can do this stuff, but I don't know, like, the symbols and what they mean. Like, you know, like, uh, theta and delta and all these kind of things. I, I've never used them. So how would I know what they are? So I had to... I'm having to learn all this stuff. What and, learning is, though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And... Um, I love it. I really love it. And this week I've got a, uh, I've got a project week and I've taken a week off work so I can kind of catch up with my studies. And, um, but the, the other module is, it just, it's really, really interesting, but it's progressing so quick. And I've had to do like this, these catch up classes on like using Linux and we had to do all these exercises. Like I think I told you guys, like installing Apache from source and then installing this open LDAP database thing from source. Everything's from source. So you're not allowed to use app get or anything like that you're not allowed to so which is good because you learn how to configure things and and install them but it's I, must uh, admit, I don't think I've ever seen that through to the end <laughs> I've always tried you know and, well uh, that's the, given up on that's it. the thing I think I would have given up if it wasn't like a like a uni assignment so uh, it kind of pushes you and drives you to do that and, and I guess you've got access to to better resources to actually learn how to do it properly than I have perhaps do you know what mate you'd think that but literally you go to these terminal sessions and they say go to apache.org or whatever it is and install it from source. And that is it. And then they'll tell you to do certain things, but you, they don't tell you how to do it. It's all about Research you doing it yourself. That, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's quite cool. I mean, uh, I'm sure you love like make and all that stuff now. Make, make install. I do until things go wrong. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you just I remember that, you showing me make stuff, Ed, actually. Yeah. What was it we were trying to do? Well, that, I can't remember what it make, was. Make's just a, not even a build a make tool, file. Really. Yeah, it's, it's just a... It we're using really it to transfer files via FTP. Yeah, the command like, lines. Well, because it just—it's just the way it does it is it's just like keys to then actions, like you know shell script actions. So it's really quite cool, and then you can look through it. But then it's good; it's useful for C projects and stuff. They use that a lot, and then you know you ha- you have your flags and stuff. But every C project project is so different from one another that, you yeah. know, you have to be in with the lingo for that one thing, you know, it's, oh, it's dash da-da-da I need, or, yeah, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. So it is very specific, and you do rely heavily on the documentation or reading source, if you're that crazy, to you know um, actually work out how to install it. One mm. simple thing I found really useful the other day, and you guys will probably just laugh at me, but I didn't know about this because I don't really use, I'm pretty bad, and I don't use the command line that much, and uh, some Unix commands I don't know. And 
just the other day, I just found out that like if you put like the uh, the ampersand at the end of a, uh, a statement, that then you don't lose control of the, the you know the terminal. You can then do more commands because I've always done things like you know like when you're starting up like a local environment using PHP dash s localhost whatever, and then like once you've done that, you can't do anything else right unless you open a new tab or a new terminal. But if you put like an ampersand at the end, yeah, then it it chucks it over to. It chucks it into its jobs, doesn't it? Like a background yeah, yeah. browser, and then you can put put it back with like just typing jobs or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that that was a nice little uh, thing. But yeah, otherwise, just learning things like piping programs, all that kind of stuff, has been really how cool really is useful. the Unix philosophy though? Like the simpleness. I and mean, we're going back to that mm. now with like microservices. I've got a couple of uh, YouTube videos that I need to I need to uh, tell the audience about and stuff like microservices and all this kind of lingo but really all it's about is what unix have done since the 1970s so yeah you know, uh, all these yeah. ideas come back around and everything it is really cool and i think i you know i you know used to criticize you when you started using um what was that distro that you used a really stripped back Ar- distro Ar- arch, linux. arch linux yeah and now i can see the appeal actually i really can and uh, and it seems so lightweight i love mac os don't get me wrong but um but I there is a massive drawback to arch linux though What's that? You can't get a, a, a uh, Wi-Fi connection in Weatherspoon. <laughs> Can without, you? With, uh, without, um, with a fact, hashtag fact. We met up for a, for a geek out, uh, sorry, um, educated, um, informal session, not Did geek you? out. And um, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it backfired because they couldn't get a connection. So. <laughs> it's probably because oh, I, no. I, I, I'd updated something, and this is what happens, you update one thing, because it, it's a rolling release cycle thing, so it doesn't have a, a, like fixed fi- uh, releases, it just it, uh, you get one version of it and it will update to the latest and it will update each individual bit as and when. Um, so obviously if you update something, then some things do have problems, because you're on the bleeding edge with this thing really, and someone's just cracked open another can, and I'm respecting that. I wish it was me. I wish Mickey, it was you're parenting alone. That's yeah, exactly. You know? um, I can't <laughs> Oh, Would you dear. guys mind? I've got two things that I'd, I'd actually like to talk about that from my lectures, if that's all yeah, right, just it, really quickly, and then I'll shut up and let you guys take over. But yeah, um, go for it. Basically, so one of them is like, if you guys got like the contactless payment thing on your cards and stuff. Oh no, I want one though. Like, I, actually, I've got a new card. I've got a joint account, and I've got the the uh, contactless thing. But it's with uh, Adam and Dave, and I don't think they'd let me just buy stuff <laughs> the joint account. It's- well, is okay. that, that's the, using your phone to pay for stuff, is it? Well, that is one way you can do it. But you know, like uh, on your card, when you've got like these, like the three stripes on it. And yeah, stuff, yeah. And I've, you... I've got the card, but I've never used. I've never done that. I've actually, done it. So basically, they are so dangerous. Really? <laughs> just crazy. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought. Basically, so. if you get one, you should get like what they like a like a Faraday cage type thing that that blocks the signal. They're that dangerous. And there's a thing actually on BBC today, and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes, but. You know, you think you can only take like a twenty pound payment and stuff. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. The like the limit, so in case. So they've just just recently. In fact, it wasn't discovered by criminals. It was discovered by I think it's University of Newcastle, but like they managed to like take payment. <laughs> so criminals, then I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. I love the north. <laughs> they took like a payment. I hit that Ed man slagging us off again. <laughs> that was supposed to be my joy. I think they'd be more offended by the accent. Yeah, right? apologies. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I loved it, but um, yeah. yeah, they took like a thousand pound payment. And, um, and I think like someone was able to take uh, payment off there from about 50 meters away or something ridiculous or and just the other day weirdly I went to get McDonald's and I was just taking out my card to select a card and the payment was just taken off straight away 
yeah, it off the card it. that I wasn't going to use. Yeah, it just it just picked it up. I wasn't holding it against the machine or anything like that. It just literally it was too close, and it it just took it. That is pretty scary. So, are you saying just just actually having the card itself is a is a risk? Yeah, because it's a big thing in London now, especially with like oyster cards as well. I think yeah, they've got oysters, some sort of contactless yeah, thing. Yeah, they've got that. Yeah, it's called like right. is it an Ardiff attack? I think or something like that. Uh, but yeah, basically, that's just, it's just what they they issue as standard though. They just when when you're due a new card, do they just send one out with having that on it? Because mine has. Yeah, and but, I, I don't remember ever. Asking yeah, you don't have any option. I think it's a visa thing, isn't it? But. Um, they basically, you know, these people just want you to spend your money as quickly as possible. They don't care about the security. And uh, oh, it's, a, it's a massive security flaw, basically. And people are saying, well, my lecturer is saying as well, and he's basically, he's employed or contracted by other companies to do hacking attempts and stuff, ethical hacking. And he's basically saying it's just a massive, massive cock-up bringing That's it in. That's crazy. Uh, I yeah. didn't realise that. You don't realise that. Because you, so you, you always think, like, I suppose, talking to him, he's very security conscious, so he's probably a bit over the top. But in, well, this, kind of, but no, but in this kind of scenario, yeah. this actually does sound like a real world, oh, wow, this actually could... Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he says, you know, security guys, they are paranoid. They're always paranoid. Yeah. That, well, that's, that's how they do their, their job. job. That's what they're good yeah. at, you know? I mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, But yeah, he's saying, you know, if you get one, first thing you should do is... Just, basically get rid of it or cover it or whatever so, yeah so um, can, can you actually disable it like i know with like magnets you can you know like normal yeah can, well that this is it again it's it's beyond my technical knowledge but i think there's something called like a faraday cage which is like um you have to wikipedia it, but it it kind of blocks any like signals coming so you, you'd have you could you would still have the ability to use it but it wouldn't be able to do it yeah, you just take it out of the sleeve when you want to use it and Man, that seems like a right pain in the ass yeah, it's not thought through, and um, and the other thing he was slagging off was basically. There's, I think there's a few banks that do this. In fact, I think mine do this. I don't know if, uh, but NatWest apparently the ones are caught out because they. Yeah, that's what I've got. Are you with NatWest? Yeah. Okay, so you do you just it's just a password for your internet banking. There's no card that you have to type in any digits with or anything like that. Is that right? Uh, you you have um, you have a password. You have to first of all you have your own like unique identifier to yeah. the bank, and then you. You have your, um, I think there's two levels to it. There's a, a, I can't remember if the first one's based around your date of birth. Okay. And uh, just, yeah, that, that's nothing to do with what my characters are. Well, <laughs> you've just mentioned the keywords I was hoping you'd say, actually, which was, um, what was it, two levels or whatever. Yeah. But basically, there's a huge difference between what they call um, two-step authentication and two-factor authentication. Yeah, oh, this is going to be awesome. I've got something to show you as well, security Yes, this okay. is going to be fun. Good, good. Cool. But basically, yeah, NatWest, if you bank with them, your internet banking is not safe at all, and it could be hacked at any time. But so what about Rapport? They keep asking me to download Rapport. Yeah, is, that the, uh, the whole thing. is that the ultimate? You know, will that protect me from everything then? You know I what? I highly doubt it. I'm not expert enough to tell you. I don't know, but um, I would certainly do something because um, I'm the same with Santander. They don't, but you should have a second thing, like one of those cards. That I had one for HSBC where you have to type in a number yeah. as well. Yeah, I've got that, but you only have to do that to transfer money out. Uh, well, that's okay. I think NatWest, maybe they caught on because I think they got caught out and maybe now they've stepped up their security. So maybe you're okay. But if you haven't got one of those, then chances are your security on your internet banking mm. is not strong enough. Santander, because I'm with Santander as well. And the way they do it is they don't have like you, something you own, something you have to use, like, you know, uh, like a machine that produces a random uh, password, one-time password. Um, what they do is they're quite clever. They have like, as you yeah. say, they have their unique ID, then they have a password and a register code or something. Right. But on that page, when you're typing those in, you've provided a 
a, um, you've actually provided them so they know like an image that you selected and also like a random piece of text that you've had to type in right, so you know okay. that they oh, you yeah, know that you're do that it's very clever yeah. because it's like then you know that you're not on a fake you know because that can't be replicated unless you've got the whole database of all the users you know yeah. on a you know so that people with phishing attacks and stuff they can't do that um, and then obviously the other thing they do is like the two-factor authentication. One of the uh, you know the ones commonly now with like Google and I think Dropbox do it um, yeah. is with your with a, pa- a password that's sent to your phone. You know, so like in oh, Santander, yeah, yeah. yeah, with Santander currently they do that where you know you when you change exchange your money through accounts, it will just send you a one-time password that you have to type in. Google do right. make it so you can log in with one, a two-factor authentication with do it using your mobile, but it's a bit yeah. of a pain, like logging into your email and having to get to your phone to type in a code. Yeah, yeah. But I've got something to talk about, which is yeah. linked onto this. So I okay. actually have been the last couple of weeks um, looking at like I don't know if you've looked at like my password situation. I, I used to use one password, which was um, a Mac application that it was an encrypted store. It's not open source. There's an open source equivalent, but it was an encrypted store that allowed you to have random passwords. You had what you had one master password. You could open up this application, and it would have everything else. And you you'd store all your um, passwords in Dropbox, and they're all secure and everything. Um, there's also one actually coming out now, which is a very Unix philosophy wise, which looks pretty cool. I think it's called Pass, just Pass, I think it is, and like that just uses uh, GPA, uh, just encrypted text files for each password. But I digress on that. But <laughs> I now use something called LastPass, and I don't know if you've heard of LastPass. Yeah, everyone at work uses it. I it's, haven't. It's but... awesome. I mean, the only thing about it is, is the GUI is ugly. Fugly, right. it is very, very ugly. But it makes you think actually they're more, you know, in tune and caring about the tech side than they are the, you know, UI side, which is quite nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you pay for this, and your your content is actually encrypted down the wire. It gets unencrypted in JavaScript. You view it on your, you know, your web browser. You use it like that, and then it gets encrypted, and then goes to their servers. So it's actually even throughout the whole process that it's encrypted to them as well. So they don't actually know what's in there. That is pretty cool. Yeah, um, I like that. On top of that, so then you have your master password. But as you were saying, like two-step authentication is different to two-factor yeah. and multi-factor. And the idea is, is that there's three things you can do. You can do something you know, which would be a password, something you own, such as you know, the devices that these banks give you that has you know that you can create, and something you are. So maybe like a fingerprint scanner or an eye scanner. And mm. those three together are like, you know, pretty strong. Um, yeah. I use something now called an Uber key. Uber key. Uber key. Tell me more. Uh, now you'll love them. So I've bought two of them. Uh, what they are is uh, I, I bought it because one pass uses it. Uh, the Uber keys are open source. I just put this in. It's a hardware device. Let me just put this in the chat. This is. I can't believe you actually started talking about the security. So I was like, this is exactly what <laughs> I wanted to talk about as well. Um, so this Ubico, and the idea of it is. Is it's a small little? It's really clever because it's a small key, uh, USB keyboard emulator driver that is just you know. There's a couple of versions. You've got a nano one that you can fit into your MacBook, which I'm currently using now. I've got one yeah. on my key that you plug in, and what the idea is. So what you do is you have your master password, and then you use this Uber key, which you plug into the computer, yeah. and then you press the button on it, and it will then fire off a one-time password that would only exist for that one time. They can't do any like replay attacks or anything because it has a ticker on it, and it will. It's so cool. Um, that sounds awesome. It's yeah. seventeen pounds for the for the base bog one, and I put it on my keys, and it's solid. Like you know, you think, oh, it's going to be on your keys, it's going to get broken. 
I'm mm. rambling around. It doesn't, you know. But the cool thing is, is it's got so much open source. It's open source in the sense. So they actually run servers because what happens is it has to connect to their server to, to actually make sure that you're, you know, connecting with the correct thing. So you have that thing. But they, they provide that service for free because you just buy the, the device. Um, what sort but, of things are you protecting with this? Uh, my passwords. So I, I store everything on LastPass. I mean everything. Anything about me is on LastPass. So this Pass. is a thing that protects your passwords. Uh, it's not. A thing, a, it, well, it's a thing that if it's you, not an actual password itself. It, uh, it, it's it, a well, password. It, that... it is because it's a one-time password. So it generates a one-time password that gets mm. shot in. Um, so it, it's like what happens um, with um, the with the devices that you use, you know, the external hardware devices, because they're set to the the like the correct clock or something similar like that. And then, you know, they'll produce the same code and they'll know what's going on there. Um, but it, it, the, the, the nice thing about it is because it's open source software, there's so many um, plugins and stuff you're able to do. And you can create your own ones really easy, like in PHP. So you could create an application, a web application that uses UberKey to park, log you in as well. Which is, is very pretty cool. cool. Um, and it's cheap. I mean, and it's safe and secure. And it's not much of a pain. Like, I have one in my MacBook Pro, and it's the Nano one where you just plug it in and it just stays into MacBook Pro forever now. So I've got one that I go around with with my last pass, boom. And then I've got this one where I just use it in my MacBook Pro. And yeah, probably a bit of an a- interesting mm. concept for like creating passwords, isn't it? Like, well, it, yeah, because it, the type that's like using the time that a password was was created. Well, is, that, one, is that what you're uh, saying? No, so one-time of... password. So what it does is it it generates this long, massively you know, long string that works out that the first bit of it, I think, is the actual identifier for that individual UberKey. Then it's this random gobbledygook. But that inside of there, it also has the tick. So how many times you've actually pressed it? Because what could happen is someone could get that key once, but then you've reused it. And, and the clock, there's a clock, um, there's a ticker going on inside the device here and also inside the device, I think, in the server. Or maybe only the server does it, but then it knows that you can't use that password again. It knows yeah. you can't replay it, which is so cool. Um, I don't know the technical stuff. I really am trying to learn that stuff in my free time because I think it's just amazing. So is it is it a lot more based around like the um, like logical reasons rather than the actual kind of trying to crack the sequence of characters in the password? I mean, it's of... impossible, really, because to actually log in, you'd need my password that I know, and then this is the mo- this is the two factor part: the password I know and the Uber key that I own. And I've already got two Uber keys that are actually permanently hooked up to my account. So unless you come around and get them, you can't log in. It's awesome. But anyway, I'll let you guys talk again. No, it's cool. I, I must have got security again. I, I must have spent the best part of my last three, two, three weeks just on form validation. It's just mind-numbing. It's just yeah. really, really mind-numbing. Awesome. Well, it's, it's not. It's not the... It's not the uh, it's not the rock and roll of programming, is it? Like trying to trying sure. to protect well, against all that stuff. Well, that's the trouble because but... the users. I mean, the, the one thing is never trust your user, and it's not well, the fact it. that they're going to be malicious. But make sure you know that they could be malicious. But it's the fact that they will do stupid stuff. They just will. You know, they don't even mean to break it, but they'll break it. It's in their nature. It's like it's such a scary and huge topic because like. Like, no one can say anything is unbreakable. No. Like, yeah. the best you can hope for is In that, fact, that's what they do say, isn't it? Well, some, yeah, some people do, but all you can do is hope that something would take so much time that it becomes 
Well, that's it. It's infeasible, isn't it? It's the time. It's infeasible. Thing. Yeah, that's it's what like, you're hoping yeah, for. Yeah, it's the fact that you know, like this password will take you know a million years to crack, and you're like, yeah, well, okay, going to go for the easy targets, and if they can't, they'll move on. Well, this is it, and, yeah. and this is why I recommend, and I'm trying to get my dad to do this now. Is just use one part, uh, LastPass. It costs yeah. like five pound a year for to have the mobile app as well, and just use it. Like I'm that's so, so and, and then what I do each couple of months, is I just do a quick like rechange all my passwords just do a quick refresh you know and just they generate the password they you know and you just go to the site update it and everything and it may be that i'm being over paranoid but really it's... i don't think you are i think i wish i was i'm just so lazy and i i'm glad you're not but i need to follow your example and certainly like learning about it all makes me think i should honestly like do just this stuff, but... use LastPass and you know use an uber key and the thing is you can store everything so you've got all your details all your bank details all your security questions everything that you do because obviously another thing is these security questions that they, people ask no one should put in a real you know a legit question and a legit answer to those questions because you can get social engineered, you know, hacked easily. You know, what's the name of my first dog? It's you know, you know, such a bad decision, isn't it? By companies yeah. that do that, yeah. I mean, and, and they all do, thing? and they all do. And you know, I mean, people are trying to make obscure questions, but people around you will know. Um, well, like you know, what's your mother's maiden name? Who couldn't work exactly, that out for someone? Exactly, and, and it's actually quite scary because a lot of people just use that one because it's an easy one and you yeah. should just make up fake things and that's what I do I make up fake ones of them and I store the question in uh, store the answer the question and the answer in LastPass I've got my one password I've got my Uber key that logs me in I have all my data and it's all safe and yeah it, it, I mean it's actually more, uh, I'm, more I'm doing the more lazy option of not having to remember stuff I don't I only remember one password and that's it yeah it's interesting isn't it because like when it comes to, to things like passwords and locking things down, it's obviously a good idea to do all that stuff. But does it then at some point become like overkill? Like if it's not a, like a banking website or something like that, but someone has a secure password, if, if you're then suddenly like they're giving their password and then you're asking them to provide an answer to a security question and stuff like that just to log into something simple. Well, it's like funny, where do you draw the line? Because a lot of people it? think that, oh, because they, they all, all these passwords, validation, stuff like, you know, you must specify one, one character, one uppercase, one lowercase, and one, you know, ASCII underscore or something. And the thing is, is that actually helps the hacker because then they know now to randomise, you know, where to put things and stuff. The pattern so, of things. The pattern yeah, of sure. things. You've now got a pattern. Beforehand, yeah. you didn't know what the, that that had to include that. Now you know you have to include that. So that's one funny thing. Another thing is that people do use the same password for everything. Because, as you know, it, how do you remember all these passwords? And normally what happens is people... Not write me, them. Ed. I, I, I have 27 different passwords. Really? And I remember are they, are all they, of them. Well, that'd be impressive because it was funny because Lewis Keynes one, Lewis Keynes <laughs> yeah. two. This is it, Lewis and they just do three. increments, don't they? And, and it was funny because a lot of it, you know, people thought, "Oh, I'll go leet speak," you know, and change fives, you know, s's for fives, and all that to kind of make it a bit more. But actually, there was a K KCD. I think it's KCD. Do you know the cartoons? Um, uh, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The KCD uh, cartoon. I think it's KCD. Let me just have a quick look. Password. And he said XKCD. Yeah. And he said about password strength. And he said actually, I'll put it in the show notes and I'll just send it to you here on Skype. He oh. actually said on it that it's actually easier to have like three random dictionary that words. That doesn't look like the kind of URL I want to click on, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> it does actually look pretty dodgy, doesn't it? Um, but he actually said that it's actually better to have. Uh, like three dictionary words separated out with like a with you know a space or you know with a dash or with a star or something 
Um, yeah. So you could have like, you know, smelly cheese sauce. And you remember that. You will remember that, you know, and it won't be oh, this random. got into Ed's bank account. Happy and you got into everything now, you know. <laughs> but it, it's quite interesting that actually you could just use three dictionary words joined together with a, with a special, you know, with a certain character. And it's as secure, if not more secure than these randomized passwords. I think just getting back to what, like, you were saying, though, I mean, I don't think there is anything such as overkill, but certainly from, like, a business perspective, like, I think there is an equation, I can't remember what it is, but it's basically, you know, like, you've got to calculate the risk, and then in response to that, you can work out what the total cost you should put on protecting yeah, those assets, Yeah, that is so basically. true. I mean, that, that is one, of, and another thing is, like, you know what people say, why do Blackberries, why do people still use Blackberries? Well, the reason mm. is, is because they're so locked down devices, you they really? can, they can yeah. control everything they can say you're allowed in these areas of the phone it, you they say oh we will log if you go into this area you know like say if they're trying to do a setting thing or something they'll be they've oh. logged that you were doing that on the phone they know that they can remote wipe it obviously everyone can do that but they can also disable features on the fly there's a reason why they're around so it's because these big companies need to know exactly what's going on with this device um, yeah, yeah. You know, and that was one of the reasons why. I mean, really, the iPhone has come around, and people want it and everything. But companies are so scared of it because it isn't yeah. as secure as a BlackBerry. No, no, that's really interesting. Locking actually, it down yeah. is, you know, yeah. I mean, that I because I, it was funny because we were doing a couple of weeks ago. So I think I talked on the podcast about it, but we were doing some BlackBerry testing. Um, for this email problem and my boss was like I asked why do people still use these and he said because of this and he has a person who works in another company and they use Blackberry still because of this you you know you can't get over the fact that they are the most secure that's why Obama uses one he has his Blackberry and you know wow I didn't realize that wow that's amazing isn't it yeah, but they're rubbish. They are. Oh, they're oh yeah. Worst I, mean, ever. I think half the security in them is the fact that they're unusable. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you yeah. can actually get to the main menu on it, you've literally cracked who's the gonna, code. Who's going to hack a BlackBerry? You can't even can't even turn the thing on. <laughs> exactly. Crash. You know, and, yeah. and, and I hate it on the train. You just hear the little chiplet keys going. It's like, go away. Oh, dear. I remember, see... I remember at one point a few years back thinking they were the height of sophistication. Well, yeah. they, they made you look like, yeah, you were a businessman. And now they just make you, yeah, you're either... Too bought, you know, lazy to get a good phone, or you're can an actually idiot. see my my old BlackBerry from here. And can I'm you? Thinking, and, and thinking you know I, I hate you. To be honest, with you, it's still around. It doesn't want to get away from you. We've had, you know, uh, we had like barmaids come, to, you know, rushing out. Yeah. of pubs. That's why I can't throw it away because every time I lose a phone, which is often, I go back to it. Did you guys see that thing? There's something on Twitter, and I don't know if this was a joke or not. I tried it and I couldn't get to it. But someone was saying like with Siri, like if you um if you like did a Siri and asked for, like, Wikipedia, basically anything, it would come up with, like, a Wikipedia article, and then you could somehow get out of Safari and get and bypass, like, the, uh, the locking of the phone? That doesn't surprise me. That re- Yeah, I, I, that couple of things like that have happened, haven't they, where there's back really doors into back doors that's into so, That's so weak. But, but, uh, it does seem bad, I mean, it? hey, this is the... No, I mean, the thing about Apple, I know we, 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 mm. you know, we've had a little bit... Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, what was it? Eight uh, zero? Didn't you say that they on eight zero you couldn't download yeah. stuff in Safari? Yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous. Eight zero one, they released. They had to. They actually crashed phones, bricked phones. Yeah, and then they had to roll back. You know, remove that. And then eight zero two. I mean, I don't know what happened there, but now and then it's on eight one now. So yeah, yeah. A little bit. I take kind of, it it's still on my four S. It's still not worth even going there. I wouldn't bother, and that's enough. I, I do love the fact that Apple do provide older phones with mm. the new software, but yeah, it doesn't work. Like 
four S. I remember when I was on my three GS, and I think it was three GS. Was it? Yeah, my three GS. Oh no, my four, my four, and it was with iOS seven. Unusable because it's just like you know, it literally is. They don't bother testing, but they make sure it works. But whether they actually do usability on it, it's just unusable. Can we talk about clients? Yes, go talk for it. about clients. No, I don't want to change my mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there we go. Solid. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, is that was that a joke? Go... Oh, that was a joke about clients. No, it wasn't. No, oh, but it could have been. Yeah. It was a good joke. It's like oh, I've changed my mind. Yeah. I'm a client. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, it was. It. Yeah, well, I'll, t- I'll take that because even though I didn't figure out the joke at the time, I will take that because that's a good one. Thanks, Ed. <laughs> no worries, sir. Uh, yeah. Have you, have you ever done that thing where you um, take three or four weeks out of your life to uh, pretty much focus wholeheartedly to get a website done to meet a deadline for someone else? Yep. Yeah. To fulfil your end of the bargain for them to not do solid and, and, and for them not, not and, a deadline. To... Yeah, and not even them to do anything. You know, it's not like you've even tried. Yeah. 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 And and I know that they haven't done anything because for any kind of activity that would come from their end, I set it up to trigger me an email. Really? Uh, Yeah, I've had for the very moment we went down and had a meeting with his. I'm going to be. I'm obviously being unspecific, so there's nothing libelous going on here, is there? It's all fine. Yeah. Yeah. We went down for a meeting with these guys in um, out of Mongolia a couple of weeks ago. Out of Mongolia. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And. basically been getting pressure for for a good few weeks to to meet this deadline and had a meeting and like right you know yeah our competitors are out there doing this already so we need to get this website live asap you know so that we can compete against them and i was like yep fine no problem at all let's decide today like what i need to do what you need to do here is our deadline you know let's let's get it all thrashed out on paper so we know what we need to do to make sure that this deadline's met Came away from the meeting, no problem at all, and here we are now with deadlines supposedly on Monday. I've done everything that I'm supposed to do, and they have done literally nothing solid for what they were supposed solid, to do. And, solid and I, I have a Trello list for what they response for what they were supposed to do. Like this whole thing was organised via Trello and everything, and uh, they have done literally nothing. So all That's the all crazy. the uh, it's it's a real heartbreaking job sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I mean, that is just appalling, though. I mean, have they given so any? Have they given any feedback on why they haven't done it? No, we, we've had literally no no contact at all. And, this is, a, and this is a client. Yeah, this is a client. Apart from, um, I, I had one email the week before last saying they tried to upload an image and it hadn't worked, or something like that. So I, I immediately went on and tried to upload an image, and of course it worked fine. So I said to them, "Well." Can you tell me exactly what you tried to do, and and I'll try and emulate that, and I'll let you know. And yeah, got no response to that either. Oh. It's uh, yeah, I, th- I think I don't think people, uh, and apart from their other devs, understand some of these kind of things that we go through sometimes when trying to. We're we're all uh, we're all good natured people. We're all trying to meet the needs of the people that we're building these things for, and they they just don't ever seem to want to play ball with us, do they? Well, I'm, I do find actually, sorry that they um. Yeah, that, that these people will say, you know, uh, you, you will tell them, please, can you test this? Can you please tell me, or accept as testing, can you please tell me this is what you wanted? And, yeah. you know, no, they won't. And then it'll that's, be the end of day. Yeah. yeah, and there'll be the end of, you know, play of the project. And they'll be like, I didn't want it like this. And you're like, you had weeks, months even to give me feedback on it. You didn't. I assumed it was okay then. Um, yeah. You can't spend your time as a developer, you know, constantly harassing the client 
to check things or to approve, you know, features or something. Yeah, it, it, that's awful. I spent I spent the best part of a week building like a whole inquiries feature. So the person will will use like a contact form, and then they'll get an inquiry ticket back via email with a password and everything, and they can log on and track the status of their whole inquiry and everything. I don't even think they know I've made that for them. Really? Oh, yeah. I, I emailed it to them, but I got no response. So I don't, I don't even at this point know what the state of play is. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's also some people's email addresses seem to be just black holes. You know, it's like dev underscore null or dev forward slash null where you know that you're never going to get a reply. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. So it's, it's frustrating. It I really think is. like you say, like you have to be a dev to kind of appreciate that because like if you put in a nice contact form and you know personally you've, you've spent a lot of time putting in really nice validation, doing all this nice stuff, to them, it's just a contact form, and they just like they just don't understand like the the work that's gone into it and that kind of thing. Um, but it is really frustrating, and, and I also think that people sometimes meet developers just really easy job, just smashing away at a keyboard. And I don't think they realise the kind of mental stress that it. I think they just it think it's a be. GUI. I just yeah. think they think we use a GUI, and we're like, oh, do you want it to do that? And it's just a checkbox that we click. Yeah, I mean, we just talk talk to a computer, and we're just the yeah. computer will just do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, sorry, just segueing on that. Uh, have you two heard of a site called, I think it's thegrid.io? No, what's no. that? I, I'm going I'm to check that address. But I think that's so basically, it's um, an artifact, uh, AI, artificial intelligence uh, bot, basically builds websites for you. I think you provide it with like some information about yourself and some images and like what you want to do, and it will just create a, a unique design for you and build the site for you. No developer needed, no designer needed. Just does That's it all insane. for you. As a, as in which case, I, I resign now. People <laughs> <Yeah, well, laughs> we were saying that like, we're going to be out of jobs, basically. But I was amazed that it, this kind of thing hasn't come out before because technology's been there for years and years. Um, it was obviously would have been a huge project to do to make that kind of you know learning algorithm and stuff. But I, and I don't know. I honestly don't know how good it is because you have to pay for it. I'm not going to sign up. But looking at the video, you know, it looks looks amazing and if they get that working good then it's, do you say it's the grid.io i think so if not just google I'm, I'm, well page. i'm looking at it i'm looking at the grid.io yeah that's, that's the one that's the one i think yeah yeah the founding be yeah. the founding member 5800 yeah, well, it's just literally changed to 8000 yeah you just need to watch, watch the video afterwards. Oh, do you remember but, um, counters on websites like you in your first oh. days and you'd refresh it and it would just be quickly going up you're like yeah can we put one on free website? Yes, please? and I'm just going to go for it. I'm yes. just going to make a script that just hits it all the time because I <laughs> yeah. love them. I used to do it like just to pretend, like even in MySpace. Yeah. I don't know MySpace, yes. and you'd like even though no one sees how many views you had, it was you. But when you logged in with someone next to you, you wanted to say, "Yeah, I've had that many yeah, views yeah. on my profile." And you used to just go into log in at random places. Oh, it's embarrassing. I think I just had one that was a GIF that just changed every one minute or something. Or <laughs> I, just, I don't know, but yeah. Uh, I'm, I remember being really excited the first time I put a web counter on my page. I, I felt like I was a big developer when I did yep. that. And then you realise no one looks at it. I think that's the yeah. worst part. You're like, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, it's not working. Why is it not yeah. working? Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously it's broken because there's no way no one's visited this site. <laughs> how, how big is this homepage? I've been scrolling for the, for ages and I'm not even at the bottom of the page yet. got to be honest, I didn't even know it scrolled. I thought it was a very minimalist site. Oh, Mickey. Typical Mick. Reliable <laughs> Mickey. Don't even look. Oh um, but yeah. I've got one th- actually that uh, um, Git ignores. Git ignores. Yeah. Okay. Git ignores. Um, yeah. 
I know. I, by the way, I, I, I don't. I don't pay any attention to it. To be honest, hey. I've, got no, I've got no time for him. Um, so, Yay. with our, the project we're doing in Swift and everything in Xcode, um, what yeah. uh, what we we are, well, the first thing I one of the things I was having to set up was the using Git ignores and what needs to be ignored because you know obviously in PHP projects now we're pretty familiar that we compose a you know dot json we we want to well, keep that and lock files we want to keep them but we don't want the vendor directory to exist or anything like that um but so that i found these websites i found uh it was called uh git and you literally provide it with certain things so you say like actually i want you know the operating systems of mac uh you know yeah. macintosh uh osx you know and then it, i so i'm an osx i want a php application and then you generate it, and it will actually generate a, a, a Git ignore for you with all the information, a heavily commented Git ignore file, which is really useful. Um, the other one's a GitHub um, repository, which that has lots of Git ignores in as well. So it's good if you know you're starting a new stack or you just want to compose out of a couple of things. You know your, your Git ignore because yeah, projects can get messy if you include the wrong files that need to be changed per user per you know per client. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. Let's check that out. How how are you two doing, by the way, with uh, Git? Are you loving it still? Oh man, I just uh, how much I can say really. I, I'm not I'm not using it enough. Like literally, my extent at the moment is kind of more private projects and just using Bitbucket yeah. and just simple um, push and pull requests. To be honest with you, I'm have, not... have you been able to kind of convince them to use Git and then just put uh, whenever you get a push, it will just do the FTP for you. It is something we are looking to mm. doing, but we, yeah, the, there's lots of things changing at the moment, and uh, we're doing a big drive for like e-commerce side of business. Um, so we, everyone's having a lot of training on Magento, getting lots of accreditations and that kind of stuff. So it's no, not more Magento. Yeah, no. It, oh. But yeah, Git is. We are we are using it now a li- in, in bits. So. Um, it's just hard to get everyone to catch up at the same time, and uh, I think I think yeah, it's hard. It's it's a, it's a mental shift, but it's also a project. All the projects you have now, it's like we'll merge them in. You think yeah. it's as easy as get in it, but you need to you know you need to um, provide a like a good program a process for actually working on this stuff. And I know it's going to take a yeah. while at the beginning, but you know you can't have too much downtime of learning these new things. You still yeah, be productive, yeah. and that's the hard part, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would say that over any programming skill or anything like that, that Git is the learn that before you do anything else. I Git's completely agree. Git, Git is awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean it saved yeah. my my me so many times. Um, I've had a couple of problems with Git rebasing, uh, which I explained in the podcast before. And but like once you get the, the the idea of it and the fact that it's just you know a chain of commits and it's just a key value store um, and it's really simple command, like really simple commands again that are composed together. Because originally, actually, Git with the there's a lot of uh, boilerplate, uh, like not boilerplate, more what they called. They're called like the under, you know, the undercover uh, Git commands that do a lot of hardcore stuff. And originally, those were the commands that everyone used. But then they added these new commands, which are composed of these under commands, these pipe commands, these hard, you know, uh, really powerful commands to actually make the interface we use today. So again, the Unix philosophy of composing things together to make new things. Are you still using yeah. command line head or are you using tower or something like that? Um, so I actually use a bit of both. Um, I know people don't like uh, GUIs and they kind of get a bit like, well, they're a bit snobby, aren't they? People like terminal. I like come up. Well, I'm not snobby, but I, I, I use, I, um... I use, I use the terminal um, most of the time. 
But I do like checking out diffs and stuff in Tower and also just the history. And also I do really enjoy like cherry picking things from Tower. But then you doing something like a rebase, interactive rebase, you can't do it in Tower. So I go back to the command line for that. Um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. But I, I, I am a big fan of Tower. And the new Tower, Tower 2, took a bit of time for me to get used to. Like it's a very different shift in how they think of things like the process. But yes, yeah, as productive now as it was with Tower 1. I am not familiar with Tower. So ta- Tower is a is a Git yeah, GUI, but it's yeah. a very nice one. Um, and the thing is, is it doesn't matter how you use it. Like you know, I can use it on the command line. I know the commands, are, you know, but I prefer using it to, like using the GUI sometimes. You know, just as long as you're using it, that's all that matters. Um, if you've got all your aliases set up, well, this is it. You know, stuff, the aliases quicker, you want, you know, and stuff like that. And that's the other cool thing is again, you can extend it. You know, Git data, Git, Git, you know, space, whatever. You can add aliases that way. Which allow you then to compose new, you know, functionality on Git. So, how does I've that compare? Really had to Sorry. use Cherry Pick or any of that stuff. Oh, Sorry, man. I, I use it quite because we're, we're we're very branch happy, which is quite again, which is what when I get strengths, you can just branch off things. Um, and what I do uh, commonly, actually, well, actually, one of the things actually, this is quite a good example is um, so we have a project. So the IOS, the IOSAT project that's currently going on. And we have master, and there was a couple of things in IOSAP project that I committed to that, which actually the d- designer needed in master before ahead of time. So instead of merging, you know, the full IOS app branch into master, yeah. What I did instead was I just cherry picked. I said I want these two commits, got their shards, and I want to put them into master on their own, or add yeah. them to a branch that I then merge in using a pull request. That's how we can typically do the process. But that that's really cool for cherry picking. Cherry picking is really interesting. Um, rebasing is pretty much changing history, which is great if you've got you know your own branch and you're working on your own branch. But awful and don't do it if you're working with people, especially if you don't notify them that you're going to be doing a rebase because yeah. their history will change too and they won't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> but it's stuff like sometimes I like changing the order of commits, and if you do like a good unit of work where you you know you only spec that co- that commit doesn't hit too many different files, it only commits that one change you can compose yeah. you can compose commits you know you can add commits like merge commits together squash them down saying actually this is now that commit uh, you can move commits around saying actually i prefer them to think that we did that before that you can make it read like a story really um, because that's really what git is you know it's a history it's a story of how this project has you know changed over time also i've not used tower before but i and a couple of people at work uh, they did want to give and we went with source tree because it's you know, Sorry, Mike. It's can you ask free. your son to be it's quiet, please? Sorry. You went with it because it's free. <laughs> well, we did go with it's free. Um, and to be honest, you might as well see if you like it. I mean, what's the point well, in trying yeah, something but- if it's free? What are the selling points of Oh, sorry, actually, Tower. sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah, okay. So the selling points of Tower then are it is a very it's a very fluid interface for what it uh, for what it does. It it, it um, displays uh, Git in a very easy uh, understand way. Yeah. Um, one thing I would like one of these clients to do, though, is when you're doing these things, you know, like when you're doing the commits, I would like it just to have a text like view at the end bottom saying what commands it's doing to create that. That would be cool, just so you could it? have a learning because yeah. it would help you then get the learning. I haven't seen that yet in any of them. Yeah. If anyone in the um, audience knows about it, then, you know, let us know because that's. But yeah, so it provides a really nice interface. It has, it's the best interface I've seen so far. And it's a very Mac S looking client, which is nice. Mm. Um, yeah. I do remember now actually what I was going to talk about um, and actually it's good for both of you here so yeah. in, in Git you know obviously you have commits and stuff so it's the history of, of your code um, we you know typically a lot of code you know we, it changes over time and what you end up having actually is redundant code stagnant code that actually is dead code 
Um, but you, you're too scared to delete it. So what you do is you comment it out. I mean, in Git, in Git repositories, mm-hmm. you know, in repositories, what you'll do is you you know, you can delete it and you look go back in history. But actually, people still doing these things, commenting it out. And they don't put like a date of when it was commented out. They don't let anything know, you know, and they just say, comment out. If it still works, okay, great. Um, this happens can I, can I, do you remember um, the uh, the farm base website in our yes. previous yes. job that there were there were dates all over that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, twenty one oh one oh nine dash MB. That's Sorry. a good. That's actually a good thing to do, though, <laughs> is to time it because at least then you can say, okay, it's been two years now. We can get rid of this. Um, the thing is, though, is especially using like continuous inter- uh, delivery which code changes a lot of the time, you don't remove the code that you already, you know, because you're scared. Um, and even sometimes in tests, and there was a, there's a YouTube video that I'll put in the show notes where this guy was saying he works for Box, the like a competitor to Dropbox. Um, and they were saying, like, you know, he found this code. He thought, okay, I can delete this code because well, my tests run without it. I did a grep. I did a search on the code base. No one's using it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he removed it. And then he goes live. And then five seconds later, they have to revert back to another release, uh, you know, release before it because it turns out it is getting hit. And it's getting hit dynamically because, you know, like, you know, because um, I know, um, uh, Lewis, you were talking about the fact you're using like magic methods now. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you know, building those in. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, doing that and then you know using magic methods, it can't. You know, static analysis can't work out these things. Um, so what you then want to do then, uh, what he then came up with this idea was tombstoning, and the idea was that you know you'd have a function and then you'd have this method in it called tombstoning. What you're saying is tombstone and the date, and it's a function that all it does is it logs you know, when that gets used. So what happens in their, their, their loop now is that they all say, I, I don't like this function. Actually, they went through all their functions and did, added them to every one of them. And they said, you know, functions, CSS, JavaScript, whatever, you know, and said, well, CSS, I suppose pre-process, they may be able to do it. But, you know, they, they add this tombstone method in. And then what happens is, is when it gets run in, in production, anyone that uh, you hit a tombstone and with a date, you remove that tombstone. You don't, you know, you don't actually remove um, the code. You remove the tombstone saying, okay, that code's still getting hit, you know. And you'll find over time that the ones that don't get hit are the co- are, is the code that's dead and not being used. It's a I really simple it's, idea. It's a really simple idea. I mean, you can add a function called tombstone. It just logs to a, a, a file, you know, and you can see if this code is ever getting hit. And, what, and put it in. You put it in your base class. Then uh, it just kind of well. Yeah, you could uh, you could put it in base. I mean, like functions. Yeah, in Clyde class. Something that something that in a place that will get hit every time something's done on. Uh oh no! So so more like in code that you know. It does this code even get used anymore? Like, is this function being used anymore? Um, and you're a bit wary. Maybe you haven't got unit tests. Oh, you actually put it locally, like in the actual code in the code. Itself. In the code, you put it in the code, oh, okay. and then you you know you log and see. It's a very simple idea, but it's a very clever idea and powerful idea because then you're able to see truly what code is being used. Um, obviously you should have all your code tested unit tested but it was funny in the, in the case of dynamics you know dynamic invocation where the guy couldn't make work it out without some fancy obviously they shouldn't have done the dynamic invocation I know that's why dynamic languages are nice but it's also scary because it's a runtime thing but I digress on that but anyway I thought it was a really interesting idea I think that's a great idea because of making my own my own PHP framework I'd, I'd love to know now because it's obviously um, I've, I've built on it every time I've had to do something new I've made something different but possibly I've built something new that I maybe didn't need to build. 
Well, that's it. Uh, well, the thing is, you know, and something new that, you know, now doesn't use certain functionality of the application that you think, can I remove this? And instead of just yeah. coming it out, just tombstone them and see if they get hit. If they get hit, okay, we still use it. Oh, you mean just plant something in within the actual function yeah, itself? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's oh, a simple well, yeah. log. Just, I mean, it's such a simple idea. It's a simple log thing saying, yeah, I still use this. That's I pretty much it. Do that. It's a really well, how, how is it actually logged? Well, you could log it anywhere. I mean, you could you could have a function that logs it to a, a file, to a database. Yeah. And, and oh, so generically, they don't actually log it in a particular. Oh no, way no. So this this is this is more just a theory, like idea that you know you could do this in any language. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, really simple idea. I, I found it on uh, Hacker News, like going through because it was funny because um, OS X ten uh, ten source code's been released, which is quite cool. Oh, it's very cool. Yes, but people were going through it and noticing actually they had commented out code in it. Why have they done that? Uh, I I think just to be nice to the uh, the open source world, maybe. Wow, you know, so that's pretty cool. Every, but say every, everyone does it, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so that this, they were talking about insane about tombstoning and then this thing. So it was really interesting how they do how you deal with it. That is very unlike Apple to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how much of it they've released open sourced, um, and I'm not quite sure on their intentions of why. Uh, I don't know whether maybe they're using something now that they need to open source it because uh, there's a difference between all the you know the licensing and stuff. BSD's a little different to GNU. I don't think they're using a GNU. Maybe they are now. I don't know. Then I, I, I don't know if they're using something that requires them to display all their pro. You know, but to be honest with you, if it was Apple and they you know wanted to just rebuild something different that was under their license, but yeah, yeah. I had no idea why. Mm. That is really cool. If only I had time to look at that. But, uh, uh, only, yeah. And it's all lovely C, so, you know. And your favorite oh, language. yeah, I'd have to learn C first, yeah. How, how's this, have you started the C++? C++ um... I, I couldn't do the C++ module because... Uh, oh, because you've taken the, uh, the, the lower uh, Java one, which is in quotes, because even though you know it, why well, can't you... basically, you had to have done the advanced Java module to do C++. And I'm guessing there's no way of you being able to do the advanced. I'm not allowed to do the advanced Java module <laughs> because I've done the advanced OO module. Oh. And it's like... It's there's so much red tape, so I ended up doing this well, cognitive like, neural network. The thing is, it's so like against each other, like you know, conflicting. Yeah, you yeah. Know. yeah. This, yeah, it's crazy. But I, I, you know, I'm happy with the modules I've got, and I just need to uh, crack on. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But I would really love, would have loved to have done that. So it's a shame. But there and you go. also, you've got the keys to your house, and we're coming over next Sunday. Well, next, next Saturday, sorry. Saturday. Next yeah, Saturday. Next Saturday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come over, and you're going to have to all come around. My well, Lou, you came around mine uh, last weekend, and uh, Bud, yeah. you're going to have to come around and see the you've, place. You've flown the nest. We've flown, yeah. flown the nest, and we've got a pool table, which is that awesome. is very cool. <laughs> How's it going? Are you, get, have you, are you any better? Uh, oh, Lou! No, I'm, I still suck. I still suck. Um, <laughs> even having a table in your house, it still means I just suck. Ed, um, Ed got beat by his girlfriend. I got beat multiple no. times by his girlfriend. I mean, all over the shop. Um, so yeah, it's going really well, man. Like the only thing is the internet issue. Where actually, as I said, like at the beginning of this podcast, that I am at my parents' house. I spent more time in my house now because of having to, they have the internet um, than I did before, which is always funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're getting internet. <laughs> the 20th of November and we've had some issues uh, working out to get either Virgin or get BT and it was quite funny because so BT you ring up BT and you say okay like internet this is a new build house and you say you give it you know and, and they'll say oh you, we can get you 8 megabit and I'm like oh can't I get infinity and they're like oh no you only get can get a max of 8 megabit and we're like oh that's a bit rubbish uh, but it's funny yeah. because we're thinking hang on a minute but the people our landlords live next to us and they've got infinity and the person next door to us also can get infinity because they've checked that 
Why That's can't ridiculous. we get it? And yeah. then, uh, this is funny, so we then ring up Sky and say, Sky, can you know, da, da, da. and they say, actually, we can't find you on our system. And I thought, well, that's weird, because BT have said that we can get 8 megabit. And then I look outside, I ring up my dad, because I haven't got a clue, and he's, my dad comes over and he's like, yeah, they haven't actually connected up the telephone pole, so they oh, don't know you exist. No. But then that makes no. me think, BT, how does BT, like, they just put a blanket, oh, you're going to get 8 megabit, probably through 3G, or so, you know, like, they don't even know I exist. They don't even yeah. know my location, so that's a bit bad. Uh, we ended up going with BT because it's less infrastructural damage to the house because we're only renting it, blah, blah, blah. I just want internet. And we get in, we will get eventually Infinity, I hope. But, yeah, it's been a bit of a ball ache, and I miss the internet. It's, yeah. I got my I got my Mac yeah. last Tuesday, and I started playing with it, and I'm like, I don't really have much to do without the internet. The internet is, <laughs> yeah. the, is the world. It's so true, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's, it's Playing like, oh. Minesweeper. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, can you get that on a Mac? I don't know. I'm sure you can download <laughs> it from the App Store or something, yeah. but... It's just crazy. You're just like, yeah, there's not much to do without the internet. And and mobile phone coverage also is awful where I live. So it's more the fact that we need the yeah. internet to have like the we boosting. Couldn't, we couldn't ring a booming taxi last no. week, could we? And you didn't like the chicken balls from the Chinese. Well, they didn't ooh. like me. They didn't like you. Oh, oh dear. Don't, bad memories. Bad we had a bad memories. night after a kebab in Maidstone last January. Oh, no. Yeah. It wasn't I, bad, I, it? I defy you to say yours was a worse night than mine. What? Really? Are you joking? <laughs> Oh, it was bad. bad. <laughs> this, is, this, isn't, this isn't something our listeners need to hear. No, oh, no, it is. It so is. We should end no, the podcast not. on that. Um, yeah, just let you know, my speed prediction uh, for broadband at a new place is up to one megabit download. So uh, Really? Yeah, yeah. Expect more quality podcasts oh, no. when we record. So when are you moving in? Hopefully middle of January is the plan. Oh, Christ. So even next week, I thought, yeah. oh, I thought you'd be in. When like, you see the house next week, you'll understand why. But ah, basically, yeah. it's you, being you, you've gutted. Just, you've literally got us, you know, to come over to do like what is this? To like, build the house, Peter Andre's yes. like turn it around in half an hour type thing. <laughs> I'm not even sure how this has happened. I, I I refuse to do any gardening where I live now. So <laughs> oh. why the hell I'm travelling down to Faversham? Because he's 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 conned you with alcohol. It's well, such a genius. Is that move. what it is? Free I'm going to buy like an incinerator next week so that we once we've done all the gardening and stuff we can literally have a like like bonfire because yeah. it's gonna be like bonfire night isn't it oh, bring all my shredding awesome. down yeah bring bring whatever and i'm gonna <laughs> oh, all down. i'm gonna bring so cool. That's i'm gonna so get some cheap fireworks so uh, oh that'd be really awesome i'm looking forward yeah. to that that'd be cool we'll take and also, photos and also we'll we're going to ashcott aren't we you're going to ashcott yes. as well we're yes. gonna be, oh, are you, do we have to be we have to be suited and booted don't we yeah, yeah Fraser yeah. when you oh, listen to this yes. are you coming or not that's the thing actually that's a good question and also I need to ask you something Mickey so my yeah. girlfriend and Lewis who isn't yes. my girlfriend but he's a close I, friend um, I've got they together both, no, uh, they, got together. they both like don't that. approve um, my jersey wearing you know I'm, oh, like, yes. no I'm it's like, awful it's uh, you know I, I, I it's my lounge wear. It's your home wear, you know. But no, they they firmly are against it. My my girlfriend actually took out it and said, you know, this is stuff you need to take home to wash. And one of it was just more my things, and it was tucked under. So she just wanted me to leave it at home, really. Um, basically, yeah. what you have to realise is when you have a girlfriend or slash wife, is basically you lose control of what you actually wear, I, and you I will be like told that. what to wear. I do. I just like that homely <laughs> thing about them, you know. And I feel like a rebel. Sometimes I put it on now, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a rebel. <laughs> no, no. Oh dear. Ed, Ed, to be honest, if if you if you want to wear the vest, wear the vest, and to hell what me or Mike or oh, yeah, no, probably I, I, the, I only the rest of the wear. entire world thinks. If your girlfriend doesn't like it, don't wear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's oh, it, really. Amazing exactly. advice. Oh yeah. dear. Yeah. I have nothing else to say, guys. D- depending know. on what on what your um 
your requirements are for the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Well, well, yeah, I, we should probably wrap up because I need to go and yeah, change a baby. It's been a great... Oh, I've got to change a baby. It's yeah. been a long time. Yeah, I've just What's wrong with the one you got? Nice <laughs> 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 oh, one. Well, yeah. guys, it's been awesome and um, hopefully I, sh- I-, I should be around. Well, maybe we'll hopefully do a cheeky podcast next week when we're around yours. Um, yeah, that's, like that's something like the laptop. I'm sure you've got a laptop, actually. We can just get uh-huh. the Yeti set up and we can just... Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, Christ. All right. We, we might as well. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, yeah we should uh, we just we make the girls involved. Yeah, it'd oh, be a laugh. Oh, yeah. All but right, we should then. say that we, we're we not promising a podcast No, no. Well, but, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll we, see how it goes. We'll see how it we goes. We are trying, people. We are trying, yeah. and uh, we'll try and get It's been a hard time. I mean, life happens. Yeah, you know, but life we, happened. Yeah. yeah. Life happens, and, you know, we, we can sort it out, and we can work on it. But, no, it's great. Exactly. It's great talking to you guys again, and listen, yeah, I hope yeah. you've enjoyed it. We've had a, a good old Absolutely. little chit-chat. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> who, wants to right. say, who wants to say goodbye? Go for it, Mickey. Okay. Goodbye. We miss you. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. You've been the one. You've been the one for me. Good work. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. The show must go on. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at threedevsandamaybe.com or follow us on Twitter at the number three, Devs and a Maybe.